Take your Bibles and turn to John. The Gospel of John. It's good to be in church this morning, isn't it? I'm happy to be here. Are we, are we interested in the truth? I bet we are, right? Doesn't it bother you when you feel like you've been lied to or misled? Let me ask you this question. Is there a right and a wrong? Is there a good and evil? There is, isn't there? course there is. Seems like in our society today those lines are being blurred. Tried to be anyhow. This isn't a new thing. This has happened throughout all societies and throughout history. Um, But in some ways part of what made America great in my opinion is is, uh, our common sense and just plain spokenness. Um, being able to state the obvious and, uh, and, and not beat around the bush in that sense. This whole redefining of definitions, in my mind, is going to be a tough battle uh, because when you're fighting against truth and you're fighting against fact, um, that takes, that takes some, uh, some work, doesn't it? Can I say this, that God defined what marriage was before there was even a human government? And that's just, that's just a fact. It's written in the Scripture. God, God said in, in Genesis that He created uh, man and woman. He created male and female. And the truth of the matter is, science and fact back that up. And there's organizations in this country and folks in this country who would try and take that away, the distinctions, to be able to call a boy a boy. And uh, I believe that that is fighting against truth and simple fact. Truth is what guides us. It should be. It leads us. It leads us to our faith. When we're here as a group of people... We call ourselves, we, we do call ourselves folks of faith, people of faith, right? But our faith is not just a blind faith. My point with all this truth, when I'm talking about truth, is, is we are led to our faith by truth. There has to be truth that leads it to it. And there's not, it's just not, our faith is not just in nothing. Our faith is not just in an opinion. Our faith is, we're led to believe in something by truth, by something. In other words, we don't, we don't believe it. There, we do have to activate our faith, don't get me wrong. But before we activate our faith, we, we go to what is written in black and white in the Bible, in the Scripture, God's Word, which is truth. In other words, we have faith in God, right? We have faith in one, that there is a God, and that God is real, and that He's at work in our life, and all these sort of things. But, the Bible describes in, in great detail who God is. This past week, um, 
this has been going on for a while, but there's a man that I've been working for who's a, who's a surgeon. And uh, this uh, past week, uh, the, the, the door opened in a great way for me to be able to witness to him, give him the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's obviously an intelligent man. He's not only a surgeon, he's also a professor that teaches other surgeons. But he said this in our discussion. He said, you know, he's a Hindu. And he said, you know, um, you and I are not much different in the sense that we both believe in God. And he says, so our God, our God, or gods, they have plural gods. Our gods, our God, is no different than your God or no different than the Muslim God. And we had a great conversation, and this is going to continue, and God has given me an open door with him. But that statement is absolutely not true at all. When we read the Bible, he, he goes in, the whole Bible goes into great detail of who God is. It's not just God in this, in this, in this pie-in-the-sky type cloud like somebody's imagination. The Bible goes to great lengths to prove who he is and what he's like. And without any doubt, the Bible teaches that God is Jesus Christ. They're one. They're one and the same. God came to earth. We believe this. God came to earth. And he was manifest in the flesh. And we beheld his face, John said. We looked on God's face and it was Jesus Christ. Listen, when you go that far, that's defining who God is and putting then truth to our faith. We have to have that, don't we? We have to begin to, that's what the Bible does. It brings us around to that. Our faith is not just in God, but it is in Jesus Christ. It is in His life, it is in His birth, it is in His death, it is in His resurrection, and who He is in eternity past, in eternity future. Very specific, not in a general sense, is it at all? It's, look, when it comes to that, there's no, there's no blurred lines, is there? When we, when we say God... We, we know exactly who we're talking about. The God of the Bible. The God that created heaven and earth. The one that gave us life. It becomes kind of specific. You're open to John. We're going to read multiple verses uh, jumping around in the book of John. Let's begin reading in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus talking to Thomas here. He says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Guys, that's either a true statement or it's not. And if that's truth, if that's a true statement that Jesus Christ is is the way, if He is truth, if He is the, in other words, if He is the source of truth, and His words are the source of the standard of truth, then that gets pretty specific now, doesn't it? 
But if it's not true, then we're, in a, in a sense, we're wasting our time here in our faith. But I believe it's true. Now look at John chapter 4. He says He's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ, no man. Let me ask you this question. Does it, 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 in, in a sense, it sounds nice. And I'm not, trust me, you guys know me, I'm not out to offend anybody. I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. But it does sound nice, and it would be nice to be able to say that all the roads lead to God, and that we can all just get along and be in peace with each other and, and sort of stuff. But the, the fact of the matter is that's just not true. There's one way to God, and it's through Jesus Christ. And that's the truth. And, and sometimes the truth offends people. Not on purpose. You know what I found out in this society that blows my mind? I don't know what, in, in, in today's, in, 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 let's just say in the media, I don't know what offends people more, the truth or lies. You would think that someone lying to you or someone misleading you would just cause all sorts of uproar and anger, right? If someone purposely lies to you and misleads you, you should be kind of like, that's it, I'm gone, not again, not doing that to me, right? But it seems like the majority of folks these days would just as soon be misled as told the truth. When the truth comes out, there's a huge uproar. I, I, I don't understand that. I would say that it would just be better that no matter if I like the truth or not, it's good to know it, right? It's just good to know it. I think that all of us should have that mentality. I'd rather be told the truth than misled, wouldn't you? Well, John chapter 4 and verse 23... The Bible says, but the hour cometh, Jesus talking, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in what? Truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Listen, there's a lot of folks out there that call themselves worshipers, but if they're not in deep seeking truth, it's not true worship. In order to worship God, we have to know who God is. Is that not true? In order to pray to God, look, at the whole world prays, for the most part. People pray. People pray, they pray to rocks, they pray to idols, they pray to the moon, they pray to all kinds of stuff. People are praying. But I'm just here to tell you, prayer without knowing the truth is pointless. God seeking someone to worship Him but they must and we must worship Him in what? Truth. Spirit, absolutely. His Spirit fills us. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like walking in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, and having the presence of God fill us to, uh, till, till we can't even talk. I, I mean, I'm serious. Getting so full of God that it just doesn't matter. The, world, the things of this world don't matter. But there has to be truth with it. There has to be. It's not just feeling. There is feeling that comes with it. Don't get me wrong. But there's both. It has to be truth. And the truth, as we'll see in a second, is the Word of God. Look at John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We're talking about truth is what leads and guides our faith. John chapter 16. (laughs) You know, there, some of the intellectual world may even say to us, are you Christians, you believe anything. That's not true. That is not true. We, we believe, we, we have been led 
to trust and believe in truth because of its, its accuracy thus far. There's enough accuracy in the scripture, historically speaking, uh, uh, practically speaking, and in all these different ways to put our faith and trust in it for the things that eventually you do have to take a step of faith. But there's enough truth that we is, is provable uh, that we just don't believe anything. John 16, um, verse 13. Jesus talking again. He said, How be it when the Spirit of what? Truth is come. The Holy Spirit has to be truth because the Holy Spirit is one with Christ who is truth. Again, I'm talking about what is this, the source, the source of truth is God. He said, uh, how be it the spirit of truth, when, uh, uh, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come, and he will glorify me. He talks about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is going to lead us and guide us into truth. And then with that truth that we're given, we're called to activate our faith put our faith in the truth that we see and the truth that we've learned and the truth that we have. In order to be saved, in order to be born again, you do have to take a step of faith. You have to trust that Jesus Christ died for your sins and that His paid your sin. In order to be born again, there is a step of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's not something that is, is necessarily it's provable other than the witnesses of those who have experienced it. But that does take faith to believe that what Christ did on the cross saves you. But leading you up to that step of faith is fact. The fact that Jesus lived, that's a fact. The fact that he uh, lived and did all those miracles, that's a fact. The fact that he died on the cross, that also is a fact. The fact that he rose again and there was over 500 witnesses at one time that saw him, that's also a fact. Those are not things that you have to believe by, by, by faith. Those are documented things. I have so much, the, 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 the research on this is so overwhelming, but... Just for the New Testament alone and, and Jesus Christ, there are thousands of ancient manuscripts that have been found around the globe that are, that are careful copies of the gospel dating from the first century. That's important. Dating all the way back to the years just after Christ. There are more of these writings about Jesus than any other historical figure ever. You know the people that people talk about in college, all these historical figures? There is so, like, like, uh, like the evidence of Jesus Christ's life is so far greater than Julius Caesar's. Like, not even close. Folks that just talk about these folks. The evidence is there. And not just from his disciples. Uh, from, from the first century, multiple writers like Josephus and many others, many others that are well respected, talking about the Roman history where we get all that sort of stuff. He 
a non-Christian, wrote about Jesus and wrote about Christians just years, within years after Christ's death and resurrection. And people were still alive that knew the resurrected Christ. The evidence, I'm talking about the evidence for Christ is there for his death, burial, and resurrection. Those, all, all the information that we have on that Julius Caesar's comes from the, the book, the, uh, the writings of his and the, uh, um, uh, looking for my notes here, the uh, Celtic Wars, and, and those, uh, there was ten copies, ten copies of copies, just like everything was at those times, and, and those were first found 1,000 years after. And people teach that and believe it as if it was fact, and it probably is. I'm not arguing with that. We're talking about people one in the first century writing multiple thousands and thousands of manuscripts and copies, not just of the Gospels, but cycles written by my every other in secular secular writers. My point here that I'm trying to make is this was a carpenter. Born into a, a no-name family. In those times, people didn't write about those type of people. This is a miracle that this even happened. That he wasn't Julius Caesar. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? He was Jesus of Nazareth. A carpenter born to Mary and Joseph. In the first century, non-Christian writers all, all wrote about his existence, his name, and that he was called the Christ, that he, has, he had his brother James, that he won over both the Jews and the Greeks, that the Jewish wrote, rulers uh, expressed unfavorable opinions of him, that Pilate uh, made the decision that he be executed, uh, all of them talked about his execution his, his crucifixion uh, talked about Pontius Pilate who was the governor at the time all these sort of things have all been documented by these people in the first century what, my point is these are all truthful things about Jesus not just in the scripture but, but all those writings complement the scripture to be true Some of the greatest evidence probably of Christ is in this first century. Thousands, thousands of Christians were willing to give their life for the name of Jesus Christ. Died for martyrs. Thousands of them. That's up. I'm saying all that to say this. There's so much truth that at some point, yes, in order to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, for, to be born again, to have your sins forgiven, I don't argue that takes faith. That takes a step of faith. But leading you up to that, there's tons of fact. Tons of truth. To lead us to that final faith decision. <clears throat> in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, turn there if you'd like <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 there's a verse in why you turn into Colossians chapter 1 there's a verse in John 17 17 that says this sanctify them through thy truth thy word 
is true. You and I as Christians are going to be set apart for God's service. But we're going to be used as vessels in God's service. And we're going to be prepped and prepared for that by what? Truth. And what is truth? The Word of God. It's the standard of truth. Look, when it's popular and when it's unpopular, it's true. When it's in style and when it's out of style, it's true. When it goes with the flow and when it goes against the flow, it's true. When it's politically correct and when it's politically incorrect, it's true. It doesn't change. A lot of times we're sometimes nearsighted and we think that things are changing. Things haven't changed. Societies, Roman, Greek, Babylonian, they've always uh, at times been against truth, against God. And so there's nothing's changed in that sense. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, talking about Christ here. He says, Who hath delivered us, believers, Christians, from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. That happens at salvation. Amen. You've been saved. You've been translated from death into life, from darkness to light. In whom... Verse 14, we have redemption. We've been redeemed or bought back through His blood. How are our sins forgiven? Through the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary. Even the forgiveness of sins. That we can say that we are forgiven of all our sins, justified, just as if we'd never sinned. Is, And I don't know if this could sink in, but that has got to be the best thing that has ever happened to us. Amen. That is the best thing that has ever happened to us. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can have forgiveness of sins. Verse 15. Who is Jesus? Who is the image of the invisible God? You see that? Look. One day you and I are going to walk into heaven. You're born again, you're saved. You're going to walk into the throne room of God and read, read that Revelation chapter 4 or 5, how wonderful it's going to be. And you and I are going to look down at the face of God. And you know whose face we're going to look into? We're looking into the face of Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. When someone says, we pray to God, but they don't admit that Jesus Christ is God, they do not pray to the God that created the heavens and the earth. They do not pray to the God that created you and I and spoke life into existence. They do not pray to the God of the Bible. And that, offensive or not, I'm not trying to be his fact. He says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? He's eternal. He's eternal. For by Him, by who? But who are we talking about here? Jesus Christ. For by Him were all things created. You say, I thought Jesus Christ was only 2,000 years old. Oh, no, no, no. He is eternal. He is eternal. Uh, Folks in the Old Testament saw His image. They saw Him. He came to earth. Jesus Christ came to earth through, through Mary. Became a man. Why? To redeem us, to forgive us of our sins. 
but He is eternal and the creator of all things. It says in verse 16, He created all things that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created by Him, who? Jesus Christ, and for Him. Look, this is getting pretty specific on who God is, is it not? I mean, we're not leaving any question here that there could be a plurality of gods. That, that, we, that, that It doesn't leave question for much at all. It begins to bring truth right down to a spot that where you have to make a decision and they activate your faith. When we start talking about Jesus Christ created everything and Jesus Christ is God and then we read the gospel that through Him and Him alone can we be saved and He is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm telling you, it brings us all down to some pretty specific decisions of activating faith through the fact and truth of the Bible. It says... Verse 17, for he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I believe that. I believe he holds all this together. I believe the reason why everything has, is, has order is because of Christ, the designer. He is the head of the body, even the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that he might have, that he might have the preeminence. Look, simple statement here. Jesus Christ is the one true God. The book of Proverbs tells us clearly and many times the source of all wisdom, the source of all knowledge, and the source of all understanding comes from God. The Bible says that it's by the fear of God that we have these wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It's recognizing who God is. That's what the fear of God is. It's recognizing Him as the beginning. It's recognizing Him as the creator. It's recognizing Him as supreme. It's recognizing Him first before we begin to make any other judgments, decisions, or or set a philosophy. Without that start, we are going to end up with all sorts of wrong conclusions. Listen, the sanctity of life. If If we are here just because of time and chance then it's not all that important, is it? But if we are here because God created each and every one of us specifically how He wanted us with a purpose and value on life, that changes the, that changes the conversation, doesn't it? All things were created. All things started with Him. And with, if we don't start with that, we are lost. We, doesn't matter how intellectual you are, If you don't start with that, you come up with wrong conclusions all the time. What is knowledge? Knowledge is knowing what. It's knowing the what, right? So it's knowing what is. Wisdom is is knowing how to use what you know. It's, It's knowing what to do with what you know. A lot of people know things, but don't know what to do with it. It's knowing what to do with it the right way. And understanding is why we do it. Look, those things are all important in coming up. Look, if you, you, two people could look at the same thing, and if we don't have the right knowledge, understanding, and wisdom that God created, and that God is supreme, and God is the beginning, we're going to come up with some strange conclusions. What if I came here from, you know, I had no idea of what was going on. I wanted to build a house. Right? 
And I had no idea that it needed to start with a design. It has to start with an architect, an engineer, and being on the same page, a set of plans, a set of drawings, right? What if I just thought that I could gather up all kinds of construction materials, some lumber, some sinks, some plumbing, some wiring, put it all in a pile, and just with time and chance hope that one day I'd have a beautiful home that functions well? You would say that that philosophy is just completely wrong. It's got to start with the design. It's got to start with the plan. It's got to start with the architect. Starting in the right place makes a huge difference in the decisions of our lives and our philosophies and where we do put our faith, where we do take those steps of faith. Back to John. We've got a couple more verses in John. <coughs> Back to John, chapter 18. There's a bit of irony here in these passages. John chapter 18 and verse 37. Jesus, you understand, standing before Pilate. Pilate therefore said, in verse 37 of chapter 18, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Question. Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? Everyone that is of the truth heareth his voice. Here's the words of God. Pilate said, I thought, said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went away out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault in him at all. So here we have Pilate, obviously an educated person, obviously a man that he knows what he's talking about in a sense. He's looking truth right in his eyes. And he says says it in a question that he doesn't want the answer. He says it in a way of what is truth, meaning there is no truth. You almost hear it in the whole question is, what is, come on, there's just politics. This is all this is, Jesus. This has nothing to do with truth. This has to do with, I'm representing and who the the Pharisees are mad at. And this is, you just got caught in the middle of a political fight. What is truth is what he's saying. But But that he was looking truth in his eyes and couldn't see it. Why? Because he wasn't looking for it. Because he didn't want to hear it. That's amazing. It's almost the philosophy of today. There's no truth. There's no right and wrong. So let's just do what looks best for me now. Right? Let's look back in history. Question. Did Pilate do the right thing or the wrong thing? Wrong thing. He did the wrong thing. That's a fact. That's the truth. He crucified and had crucified an innocent man. Truth begins with God. That's plain and simple. He is the source of it. Lies begin with Satan. This is simple stuff. But in a sense, if we start with it and we keep it in our mind, it's, it's profound to the, to the conclusions that we can come up with. Satan, he twists, he corrupts the truth. Does he not? Isn't that what he's done from the very, very beginning? Yea, hath God said, Genesis chapter 3, you shall not surely die. 
Lie, lie, lie. But he twists the truth. He twists the truth. Causing unbelief. Us understanding this will help us in our everyday life, our decision making. It'll cause us to go back to the Word of God to seek wisdom, to seek truth for the answers and the directions of our life. A culture without truth, a society without truth is dangerous. Isn't it? A church, a religion without truth and saying that it's our basis and our foundation and to it we stand on and that's what, that's what we hold to, it's dangerous. To know that our faith is guided by truth, to understand that. Our faith is guided by truth so then we seek truth with our whole hearts. This month, the month of December, you guys know that the theme this month is is about getting into the Word of God in 2016. Reading it, putting it in our lives. And so this whole message on truth is, hey, what is truth? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Getting into truth. Why? To come up with the right decisions, to come up with the right conclusions. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Think about that just slowly. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to be men and women of faith. We've talked about this a lot. Faith, and I'm, I'm concluding here. But faith is what we do we can't see when we take that step. It's action. Faith is an action word, right? It's, it's going, it's doing, it's building, it's whatever God's called us to do, it's obeying that, right? But he says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We already know the word of God is what? Truth. So our faith comes by hearing truth. Our faith is going to be built and our faith is going to grow by what? Putting putting truth in. Truth being the Word of God. Immersing ourselves in it. Reading it. Studying it. Putting it in our minds. and Putting it in our hearts. You know why? There's a culture in a sense that we have to fight. There's a lot of philosophies out there that just honestly are not good. They're not right. And so we need the Word of God to be our standard, to be our truth. People who do not read the Bible, they come up with strange ideas of who God is. There's really no other way, I'm telling you, there's really no other way to get to know God. There's no shortcuts but then to get into His Word and fellowship with Him through the Spirit. Those two ways. Get in His Word, fellowship with Him through His Holy Spirit. Those are the only two ways to get to know God. And without it, people will come up to you and say, well, God wouldn't do this, or God wouldn't do that, where it's plainly written in the Scripture that He would. That He does, and He did. And you're like, where do you come up with this conclusion? How did you come up with that? That's not what He said about Himself. That's not what the truth says. And so we, we want to get to know God, don't we? That's why we're here in church. I know it is. Where I started with the question, do you want the truth? Of course we do. Of course we do. That's why we're here. We want to get to know God. We want to get to know Him. So where do we get to know Him? We get to know Him through His Word. One last verse as we close. We'll sing a song. John chapter 8, 
John chapter 8. As we submit ourselves to the truth, we submit ourselves to the truth whether it offends us or not, it'll begin to help us. It'll begin to grow us. It'll set us free. John 8, verse 32, the Bible says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You want to be free? You want to be free from yourself? I know I do. You want to be free from the opinions of this world? From the bondage of this world? You want to be free from religion? Know the truth. Just know the truth. When we know the truth, we can be set free. If you're in here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior. He's here. The fact is that Jesus Christ, He lived. He lived a sinless life and that He died for you to be saved. I'm asking you this morning to engage your faith, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're going to sing a song, but before we do, I'd have every head bowed, eyes closed. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I'd ask you to pray this prayer with me to yourself. To accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I'm calling out to You today to be my Lord and Savior. God, I believe that You lived and I believe that You died for my sins. I know I'm a sinner, so I'm repenting of my sins and asking You to forgive me. To come into my heart, Lord, and save my soul. Lord, I'm making You Lord of my life. I'm making You my God. Please, God, save me. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up quick. I will not call you out. I won't, won't say anything, embarrass you. But if you prayed that prayer, ask Christ to save you. Just slip it up real quick and down. So I know that you call called on God to be saved. As far as Christians, the call to action would be this. Let's get in the truth. Let's grow this year. In 2016, let's say, God, I want to seek you. I want to know more. I want to grow deeper into the truth of your word. I want to fellowship with you and know more about Jesus. Take your songbooks and, and turn to page 6 as we, as, we, as we sing. The solid rock, our foundation, our source. It's what we build on. It's what we build our lives on. You and I, we don't want to build our lives on the, on the sinking sand, do we? That every time the philosophies of this world and things change, that uh, our house collapses. We're going to be built on the rock with Jesus Christ. Page 6.